and welcome to Let's Talk Shop, a podcast for the small business owner and creative entrepreneur. You are listening to Season 1, Episode 7. My name is Therese and I am your host of Let's Talk Shop. I work as a small business mentor helping business owners grow their wholesale. You can find out more about what I do over on my website or give me a follow on Instagram which is small underscore business underscore collaborative. I would love to connect and I would also love for you to share where you are tuning into this episode and remember to tag me so I can reshare it as well. I also have a free Facebook group called Let's Talk Wholesale. I host monthly Q&As and various lives to help you grow your wholesale. And it's a great community of small business owners all at the beginning of their journey of wholesale or ones with more experience of doing so. Come and join us and connect with us over on Facebook. In today's episode, I talk to Jen from Join. Join is a fully ethical and sustainable made in the UK home fragrance and bath products brand. I really admire how when Jen say that Join is an ethical and sustainable brand, she really does mean it. She even uses vegetable inks to print her product labels and she does think about every single little detail that goes into her product. I loved hearing from Jen today how why she decided to start the brand, why sustainability and ethical and community and all these great things are so important to her and to join. I met Jen sometime last year when or the year before possibly, when I was working in Thameside Studios, which is a creative art hub with lots of workshops and studio spaces for various artists and creative businesses. And the company I was working for then had an office there and Jen used to have her studio there. Now, Join has just moved out from the Thameside studio out to the countryside and we spoke on a lovely summer day so the lawnmowers were out in full force and the Wi-Fi connection was a little bit sketchy so I'm really sorry if the sound quality dips a few times but I hope that you can still really enjoy the episode. Hello Jen, welcome to Let's Talk Shop. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having us, Therese. It's a pleasure to be here on Let's Talk Shop today. I love your story and your beautiful candles. I think it's so great that when you say you're a sustainable brand, you're truly sustainable and all natural. And I love that about Join Candles. Can you tell us a little bit more about your story and your background and how Join came to be? Sure. Um, Join is a real passion project, as I'm sure many of our customers know. It was born in autumn 2016 um, when the idea came about to create a company that is truly ethical and sustainable. Hence the the word Join, because it's an inclusive name. um, And our brand values are create, collaborate and community. Really, with the support of my now husband and sister at the time, I set about to make an entirely natural, vegan and organic product range that is accessible to everyone. And that's something I'm really passionate about, reducing mass consumer waste and effectively making a product that's environmentally friendly and lasts longer. So I set the business up alongside my full-time job to really give me a sense of achievement and just to meet people get out there in London and do markets and do some product testing. So 
although the idea came about in autumn, we started at our first trade show just over two years ago at Pulse at London Olympia. Oh, wow. You're now over two years old. We are. That's exciting. It, it's come with um, its challenges and certainly every day is different. But I think as long as you can remain focused and really stay passionate about what you believe in, then that will come through in your product and your customer service. What, what was your background? Because you you did not come from anything like handmade candles. You you have a very different background. I grew up in Cornwall, Therese, where, you know, my mum was a single parent. We didn't have an awful lot, but she was really, really creative. And she used to take me on nature walks. And we used to spend much of our time down on the beach late at night and in the summer holidays. So I learned a lot from her with regards to plants the environment, the countryside and the coast and all of the things that go with that with regards to health benefits. So as I've become, should we say, slightly older, out of my 20s and into my 30s without giving it away too much, um, I've become more and more interested in the benefits that essential oils um, and plants themselves can bring. So I started doing a little bit of research into aromatherapy um, and a lot of product testing and it it wasn't really until my partner, Nick, bought me a candle making class that I went and made some awful paraffin wax candles and realised that how bad they were. And getting to the point of your original question, I after I went to university, I worked for Lidl and I was mainly involved in the business management side, if you like, in retail um, for the UK. Um, I then went on to banking and worked for Santander for a short stint and also had a short stint of having a, a shop in Cornwall in retail. But after all of that, I ended up um, really in consumer sales at board level, working on strategy, marketing, sales, wearing a lot of hats. And that can sometimes be a little bit unfulfilling when you work for a corporate. So I, I wanted to wear those hats, but do something that to make a difference to my local community and my customers. That's so lovely. I I feel like it's a little bit similar to the way I was feeling about selling lots of mass-produced items and not really having that meaning behind it. Yeah, it can be a little bit soul-destroying, if I'm honest. So having something that has real meaning and real love, you know, you can't buy that quite literally. We can bottle it while we try to, (laughs) Um, but you, you can't buy it. So I think, you know, as I say, sticking sticking to your passion and remaining focused, and also using the finest quality ingredients that you can source, and being honest and transparent with people about your practices and your processes does help. Yeah, that's something that you talk about a lot on Instagram and your website and things that you know your your products are sustainable and environmentally friendly down to the inks on the labels I believe do you want to tell us a little bit more about that and what you use to make your candles and other products I guess yeah yeah so I mean effectively as as most people that will listen to this know whether they're in wholesale retail uh, sales or marketing people are quite happily labeling products as all natural um, vegan or organic when some of the basis may be, and a percentage may be, but they may then add what's known as a fragrance oil to a candle for argument's sake, um, which is not uh, plant-based and not vegan. And 
isn't great for the environment or your children or your pets so i think you know as you can probably sense by my voice there's an element of frustration for people that do that because it's not easy for small brands to start out and for, for us small businesses to, to try to create an entirely ethical product because it, it is more expensive and there are demands on price points out in the marketplace at the moment so ultimately i i like to just ride the wave and that as you say that comes down to printing with vegetable dyes on our products you know for our pink grapefruit label we use beetroot for our hetero label we use avocado there's there's a whole host of things that you can do to make less of an environmental footprint which is so interesting and i i don't think that the consumer always know all those little details that you have put into it no and to be fair that's where um, maybe we should think more in our in our strategy moving forward to, you know, have people that can support us with marketing, whether it be external or internal, just making sure that the message is, is out there because I'm I'm not great I'm great at making things but not not great at portraying our marketing message at times. So that's definitely an improvement and something I'm looking forward to hearing the other people on your podcast talk about. Well, I think you're being a little bit hard on yourself because, you you know, I think that you get that from your Instagram feed, for example. Maybe you can do it even more. We can always do more, but we are only, you know, small businesses and there's only so much we can do. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to multiply yourself, don't you? Yeah. And I think the good old fashioned rule of surrounding yourself with really great people does help because hopefully the skill sets will come together. But that's that's a vision for the future. Now join us, moved house. Yeah, you just recently moved out of London. We did. So we started our journey in Cornwall, as, as you well know. And, you know, real inspiration, real sort of coast and country girl and family, really, and, and wanted to, to have that ring true in our products with something that's made in the UK. But London is where join was really, you know, given the opportunity to grow and establish as a, as a small brand. And I'm forever grateful of the opportunities and the collaborations that have come about you know London's an amazing place you walk down the street and you know you might meet somebody who makes a vegan donut um such as my friend Ryan at Borough 22 he then put me in contact with a lovely lady called Jo who runs an online store called Byrain in Wales um and it's those little relationships and and being good to one another that is what makes the world go round and uh, hopefully people can then support one another to grow small businesses and support independent in the UK. Yeah, we have to. We have to. It's amazing. There's so many new um, small businesses opening and stuff. And there's a really real sense of that, that people need to be more collaborative and more community driven to to kind of swap skills and you know we can't do everything and we can't be experts on any everything no indeed and i you know hopefully we can all tap into each other's resource and that's one thing that you know social media and instagram for example are really good for because even if you're a technophobe like me (laughs) and you like pen and paper and you know you don't like sitting at a computer for very long it it's inevitable that if you do find good people, you know, you can all support one another and you can you can have more of a cooperative or a community where people do share skills. And, and I've certainly, and I know, you, I hope you have, met some amazing people via social media who are really supportive and, and willing to help and grow your brand. 
Yeah, it was a complete surprise to me that that was going to happen, but it's such a good surprise. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it shows there's a lot of good in the world and we have to really remain positive and, and help one another out. I could not agree more. So what has been your biggest challenge in getting started and growing your business so far? Um, the biggest challenge for us is operationally is meeting demand. I'm really passionate about keeping our product in-house and not outsourcing it, mainly for the quality of the goods, but also to give the opportunity for people to come on board in future years um, for job opportunities and, and to drive the local economy. So operationally, it is just me at the moment making everything that we sell um, with the help of a few little friends at peak times, um, but no one that I could say works with the business full time. So the operational side, but equally, you know, I really want to grow grow the business. So mm. and when you do that and when you, you maximise your potential, comes the flip side that you have to then produce the goods. So um, oper- operationally, one, um, and I second, I guess secondly is resource, whether you look at it from a, a people-centred point of view or a financial point of view you need money and people to make something happen so that there were the two biggies really that won't come as a surprise to anybody on here no and you only have so much time if you're making everything plus you are the marketing person the bookkeeper the salesperson the packer you know you're everything yeah it's it's great that you can pull in people on a short-term basis for support and I think that also really helps other people carry on with the businesses that they're working in whether they're creative or not so how long have you been wholesaling now did you start that from from the beginning so with join I've been wholesaling yeah from pretty much from the beginning we did some um testing or you know markets we did a craft market trim and brewery and at Christmas at Christmas 2016 and then we started wholesaling at Pulse in May 2017 so just over two years and I guess because that was your background to sell to retail um that that probably helped you quite a bit in terms of knowing you know what to do at a trade show and how to talk to people and what materials you needed and stuff yeah so what did you do, like, you know, when you launched at Top Draw, what was the feedback? Was it, did you get orders right away? What what happened after that? Yeah, we did. Um, I think it is an advantage if you've worked in a wholesale role before, because obviously we were able to produce, you know, a small modest catalogue and a price list and also have the understanding of what different types of retailers there are out there and the sorts of people you meet at a trade show with regards to whether people you do want to be talking to um, or not and um, so that's that can often be the case and um, we got yeah we, we got a good chunk of orders at our first show which was really amazing and a dream come true because we, we just really expected to get some inquiries and some leads to follow up on so it was nice that we were picked up by a couple of um, good interior design stores um, independent stores and you know well-being companies at, at Pulse which really helped us springboard into Christmas and give us the confidence to, to try and sell our product. Yeah that's the thing with the first show you do it, it's a lot of confidence building as well not only to sell and kind of put yourself out there but it is also a huge confidence boost when people 
are liking what you do, I guess. Yeah, it, it's it's great to be able to see people's reactions, particularly to fragrance, because, you know, like food, scent and fragrance is such a, a personal, emotional thing. And um, when you can hand somebody a product, if based on, the, you know, their senses and their reaction, you can tell straight away. Uh, so it's a good process of elimination to figure out what your best sellers are going to be. I guess you've been growing your wholesale year on year, but what are you doing now to grow your wholesale further? Because I know it's quite tough out there at the moment. So what what shows are you going to do and what else do you do to reach new customers? Yeah, you're you're right that the market's tough out there, Therese, at the moment. We, With regards to shows, we're generally only doing one trade show in the UK per year. Um, the last two years, we've uh, uh, to date, in the last two years, we've done two. So we're doing one a year to try and keep the costs down and making sure that we contact our customers and, and just check that everything's okay, what the feedback's been, what the sales group's been like, and if they need anything for a particular event or seasonal launch or, you know, introduce a new fragrance and, and make sure that we eliminate some old ones so that they've got an element of newness for their customers because, you know, Customers want something new and exciting, and even though they're out there looking for value at the moment. One of the other things I've started to do is is follow up with people on, you know, what what their staff are doing in store, if they, you know, if they have a helper, making sure everybody has knowledge of the product, and also just checking if they've definitely seen all of our range. You know, we we're not a huge company, we're not able to send mass mailings, but if somebody sells candles or not soaps, for argument's sake, they might want to add a soap. And and equally, one of the focus points for the latter end of the year will be to make sure I, I try and send out a newsletter because that is one thing I'm not very good at doing. But but making sure that we keep in touch with people and keep them up to date on new products. Newsletters are one of those things that are so easy to push to next week and to next week and to next week. Or next year, next year in our case. <laughs> It's just so easy. You know, when you're busy, you think, no, priority is to actually reach out to people in person. Newsletter will have to wait. But but they do work, don't they? They, they do work. And I think, I think more than anything, I see it rather than a sales tool as a customer service and information mm. so that you are giving people as much information and as much support if they've been, you know, nice enough to stock your product, making sure that they, they totally understand what they've got on the shelves and, and that, you know, that it's good fun and that they they appreciate the good old customer, good old fashioned customer service with regards to keeping in touch with people rather than newsletter. I know a lot of my customers personally, so it tends to be DMs on Instagram or texts or a cheeky email here and there and you know, building longer term relationships that way we, we tend to know the names of one another's husbands families kids dogs um, so that's a, that's one of the real nice benefits of having your own small business is being able to connect with people at that level yeah and also that means that it's less lonely you know you're talking to other small business owners and they almost become your customers almost become your colleagues in a way yeah, along with competitors, you know, there's there's lots of people out there, you know, in the in the wellness, candle, home fragrance, and we're we're all there, sort of, and we do talk to one another, and you know, we help each other out, and I think that's that's really key, sort of community over competition, if you like to say it that way. And that's very current too. I think a lot of people feel that way. One thing I was wondering about 
because you were mentioning training and making sure they know what they have on shelves. Because I think, I guess for your brand, that's super important because it's not the same as every other candle out there. So how do you, how do you go about educating, I guess, your, or helping educating your stockists and stuff about that? Well, currently we do it in quite an informal way, really via you know, means of a means of a chat and, and a few key words and just making sure that there's a true comparison to the other brands or the other product that somebody might have in their shop. Moving forward, I think we definitely need to be stronger with point of sale, which we're lacking on, and also sort of in-store training for people, which is something um, I plan to do with a small campaign, probably early 2020 for spring. So you would go on tour or something? Yeah, well, I'm thinking about um, reaching out to consumers with a with a campaign that I made vocal on Instagram a while ago called Eco Heroes. Um, oh yes, I saw that. Yeah, taking taking sustainability back into the heart of the home and making sure that people have accessibility to an eco friendly home fragrance product. So think. I don't like to name brands that think you know, the old school body shop parties and Avon parties and things that you know, my generation, your generation grew up with. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's probably going to be quite a popular way of shopping as people want to really connect with those around them in future years. So that, that's something we'll do. And then we'll try to sort of extend that on to our customers into a wholesale arm of the business. That sounds really exciting. One thing that I often wonder because you see a lot with candles now you see using I guess fragrance oils or essential oils versus fragrances is it right that if you use essential oils it's essentially an aromatherapy candle but if you use artificial fragrance it's not or have I made that up no, no, that's correct. So an aromatherapy candle would be a candle that is entirely plant-based and the fragrance would would be concocted, if you like, from an essential oil blend. So to really get those benefits that we hear everyone talk about, it's really, it has to be essential oils. Yeah, essential oils are king, if you like, or queen, <laughs> depends which way. <laughs> um, but fragrance oils are synthetic fragrance, which... Um, would be a homogenized product that is mass produced um, and it would carry the label, you know, warning um, causes severe harm to aquatic life. When you turn on a candle underneath and it says that, you know that there's a fragrance oil in, but they might, they might tell you that it's plant-based and vegan because it's made using a plant-based wax such as soy, coconut, rapeseed. However, um, yeah, fragrance oil is is artificial and synthetic it's the difference between buying i don't know polyester and nylon versus organic cotton and wool you know it's still to this day that kind of confuses me a lot of times because you see so many things labeled uh, natural and organic or plant-based but yeah i'm going backwards but i was it just came to me and i was just i never really fully clarified it so that's good well and and you know always feel free to reach out with any questions you know whether it's you your your podcast listeners customers or, or just people in general we're always happy to help in terms of um, other products that you do so you started with candles and then diffusers and stuff but now you have more things and you have your new home diffuser as well yeah so we've got 
10 fragrances in our home fragrance range, which are all inspired by the Cornish coast and countryside. We sell our candles in three sizes. The 120ml size tends to be the best seller because it's, it's a good price point, but we do offer a larger candle, which effectively is better value. We've got our diffusers, which are oil-based, so many that you'll buy on the high street have water or alcohol and will evaporate very quickly, whereas essential oils are blended with a carrier oil mean that our diffusers last generally six to 12 months, depending on the humidity. Um, so we'll often find that people need replacement reeds before the diffuser is finished, um, which led us on really to look at a more bespoke product, which is the home diffuser, which has some charcoal. Well, you could opt for something like balsa wood if you wanted, um, but charcoal with a copper chimney and a handcrafted wooden home made by a good uh, friend of mine that I used to share a studio with. And that, that product means that it's, it's a piece of art, effectively, and hopefully people will keep it for years to come and they, and they can just top up the oil. So it's, it's a 100% environmentally friendly. Yeah, it's very different from anything else you've seen there. If you, you are listening and you're interested, you need to go and have a look at it because it's, it's quite different. I've never seen anything like it. No, well, it's not on our website at the moment because we're, we're looking, we're looking at, um, we're looking at ways that we can make more. We've launched it in the US with a company called Uncommon Goods. Um, and we're currently selling it online with them. Mm. So we shall see how it goes, but ultimately we'll, <laughs> That's another thing I need to get better at is photography, but we'll get a photo of of the home diffuser on our website and hopefully be ready to trade them uh, in the run up to Christmas. I think it's very different, so I like it. Thanks, Drew. So what kind of shops do you sell to and who would be your dream stockist? Um, we sell to a variety of shops. We've got some really lovely independents, be it their um, lifestyle, stationery, fashion, um, or more focused on sort of well-being. We also sell to art shops, sort of, if you like, gallery shops. So places like Kettle's Yard and the University of Cambridge, who we've recently done a, a collaboration with as well, um, through to people who have stores on the coast or as part of garden centres. So quite a broad mix, but generally the independent market is a lot of our business. Um, and our bread and butter, and we, we like it that way because mm. we like to work with small businesses. Um, we do sell to companies such as Designers Guild, um, and we have worked with Planet Organic in the past. I don't really have any dream stockists around national retailers at the moment because our business, um, our product range is all about being accessible to consumers, hence why we sell by independent stores. So, if we have a premium line in the future, then that's when we want to sell to UK national retailers. But for now, we're focusing on the independent market in the UK and very much our export market. So we sell to a few other stores in Europe in countries such as Italy. And we have several stockists in the US. And we're working with some larger retailers there on private label projects, which is really great because it means that an essential oil candle will reach a larger scale population in the US. That's very exciting. And that all came from doing a trade show over there, did it? Uh, no, a couple, a couple of them came from some previous contacts, which was quite useful. <laughs> um, but the trade show has certainly helped and we, we are able to access independent stores that way and, and larger retailers. Um, but it's it's been it's been a mixture of trade shows and if you like 
pitching to pitching to people via email and telephone. And I find that the export markets are much more receptive on the phone. Well, that's good to know. I, I think that to lots of people, especially if they're small business owners without a sales background, they think export is far away in my future. But maybe it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. You need to just check with regards to any legislation or you know, documentation required for those countries and making sure that you understand sort of import and export duties and facts. But once it's all relatively simple. So once you are able to figure that out and see the market that you'd like to attack, then that's where the road of anybody to start. And in terms of reaching out to people, I mean, since you have a sales background, you might take it on the chin, but how do you handle rejection? Because as salespeople, we do get rejected a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody likes rejection, do they? It's a bit like um, being an actor and going for an audition, and it's your dream audition, and not being able to, not being able to get the land your dream part. So I think you know you have to remain focused, stay positive. You know, some days are going to give you a downer, some days are going to give you a massive smile on your face, but try and try and maintain a, a constant and. You know, don't take it personally. Find out why. It could just be a timing issue. It could be a budget issue. If that's the case, then, you know, diarise the follow-up again in, in a quarter or six months or whenever that particular retailer's sign is happening. But I think just take it on the chin. Get up and keep going. You know, don't give up. Yeah, I think it's almost worse, you know, being ignored than rejected. If someone tells me, no, nah, I'm not interested, I find great. Now I can move on. But if someone just keeps ignoring me and I really want to be stuck there, that's so much harder to deal with. Yeah, I, I think that's true. You know, you you can get the gist of something. Why isn't this person just sending me an acknowledgement email? But at the same time, you know, retail's a busy environment. Everybody's up against it at the moment. The most important thing is your customers. So people are going to be in front of their customers more so than at a screen, um, depending on their size and scale, obviously. But... I think um, just, you know, sometimes accepting what will be will be and, and trying to make different things happen and, and grabbing different opportunities, looking at things in a new light can help rather than being fixated on, you know, being stocked in a particular store. And how, how often do you launch new products and do you have any new product launches coming up? Well, with our 10 fragrances and diffusers um, candles, that's given us our 38 products we have three room mists and three soaps as well and we do have some new products coming up actually we've been working very hard behind the scenes to get our recipes right for the last well, 12 months on product which can be used on both the hands and the body so a hand and body wash and a hand and body lotion in a new fragrance which is going to be called wilderness and that will be a nice combination of all of the essential oils that our customers know and love in maybe our top three or four lines. So a real jam-packed product full of essential oils. And it will be in totally recyclable glass packaging. For those, we're looking to launch ASAP, hopefully in the next eight weeks. And also bath salts will be added to our range. And after that, we'll, we might be looking more at other categories. But for now, for now, we're we're happy just sticking with candles and a little bit of bath and body. That's exciting. That most people do like hand create like hand separately to body to like get more sales. But it's so much more sustainable actually to have a product that you can use for both. Yeah, exactly, and that's exactly why we've chosen to do that. 
Um, it's easier for customers to be able to purchase a product and it means less less carbon footprint and just something that's universal and also unisex because we can't forget the boys we have a lot of we have a lot of male customers as well as female I was going to say your products in general are quite unisex aren't they like all the fragrances I feel they could be both yes I mean there's some staples in there like pebble and bay and rosemary that, that the guys like but equally you know some of our customers <laughs> end up getting dragged into into citrus and floral fragrances <laughs> by their family and friends. So, <laughs> but again, doing doing things like markets and getting out there at, at Christmas events is a really nice way to see how how people react to our product. So, how often do you keep in touch with stockists, and do you call them or email them? What do you tend to do? Um, it's a mixture, really, Therese. The Customers that sell, you know, sell our product quite well, we tend to have orders, whether it's weekly or monthly from them. We sell to an amazing female-led fashion business in South London called Form on Bellenden Road in Peckham. And the lovely Jova, I don't know what she does with our products, but, but we're always in touch. And, you know, a lot of my customers know Bambi, our rescue dog. So it tends to be conversations about dogs or new products. Or, <laughs> um, right through to you know uh, customers such as tinker taylor um antonia in north london who i think you've done a podcast with has, has now become a firm friend of mine so we tend to text each other um we've also done a collaboration with her for a candle for her school in the main it's email uh, some people do like a call and i i don't i'm mindful that we shouldn't always just call off the hoof because again customer comes first and people may be with their customers yeah, and I guess these collaborations, because you've got, done quite a few collaborations now, has that been a good way to kind of build up a loyal relationship with your stockists? Do you think that has helped? Yeah, definitely, um, because it gives the customer a point of difference. Um, and with regards to a relationship with my customers, it means that I'm as interested in their business and, and grateful for them stocking my brand. So we, we co-brand um, product. And that does give you some creativity and a bit of a, a license with innovation to have a bit more fun and do something outside of the box so that's a really enjoyable part of the job it's amazing to get to do that and you know you get their input and they want to do something slightly different you know you get challenged that way too i guess yeah yeah exactly and it's nice to have a challenge and be able to work through our projects creatively so what do you do to stand out to potential retail buyers and kind of be seen and heard? Quirky, that's a very good question. Um, I guess, I guess in, in short, it's trade shows, but one of the one of the key focuses for me really in the next coming months is to do with our brand and some of our literature and material and getting that updated because I feel that that's an area that, as I mentioned before, we're, we're lacking slightly, so we need to be doing more shout-outs. I think just believing in your product and making sure that you can be the best, you know, the best representation of your brand possible um, means that hopefully you do stand out. And, and if, if your product is what is required at that time and it's the right price, then hopefully there shouldn't be too many barriers to sale. Yeah. And what advice would you give someone that is just starting with their wholesale? Because obviously you had some knowledge when you started, which would have benefited a lot but someone that is brand new and thinking about it maybe what advice would you give them obviously focus on the attention to detail that people are going to see in your product depending on what it is but don't sweat the small stuff and um, maintain you know 
an element of vision and just think about what you want to do on the whole um, and try not to put too much pressure on yourself with, with as I say, the small thing. Um, make sure, make sure that you know everything that you produce looks professional, and, and you know, just go for it. It's so easy to get stuck in on those little things that actually no one's going to notice sometimes. And it's only you that will notice. But we all do it with every aspect of our lives, I think. So easy to get stuck and overthinking the small bits. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, with that, ask other people for their opinions. You know, it comes back to what we were talking about earlier with regards to surrounding yourself with brilliant people, you know ask people their opinions check for feedback don't don't feel that even if you're starting out don't feel that you're alone there's lots of people out there that are willing to help help you yeah I always say when I um when I talk to people about going to trade shows and going to their first trade shows when it's quiet talk to other exhibitors because you will learn so much from them and most people are so happy to share what they know and yeah yeah it's a brilliant way to learning and actually getting more insight to what's happening even if you go at quiet times if you're not exhibiting but just thinking about exhibiting maybe you can go and and you know have a chat with people in your field you know competitors or people that might be similar to you or have a similar target customer I guess they could do a completely different product but you can learn so much from the other people that are in your industry yeah definitely agree so what's the what's your top tip for building a long lasting relationship with a buyer? Ooh, top tip. Um just keep it real, keep it personal as as you alluded to. You know, whether it's that buyer's home life, their favourite food, and um, something you both have in common. Don't feel that everything has to be super formal. Meet for lunch in a spot that you both like or, you know, Find out what, what the real barriers are with regards to category management at that, at that retailer at that time. Find out, you know, find out which brands work for them, what the rate of sale is. Because if you take an interest in that, they will become engaged and instantly you will find a gap or an opportunity where you could potentially fill or do better. Asking lots of questions and getting to know their business is so beneficials yeah get, get to know get to know their business get to know you know some some people believe or not still fax orders you know um <laughs> yeah you know some 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 people like to like to have a conference call every tuesday um but i wouldn't advise asking questions on monday because that tends to be a figures or a trading day so wh- whatever you feel works and and trust your gut instinct yeah your gut get you far exactly intuition and your gut and just a little bit of go get sort of attitude fire in your belly yeah <laughs> that's it um so what's next so you have your new products launching what else is what's next for join what you're going to work on your literature and stuff but what after that yeah i think that's quite a lot to be getting on with with the new products and the literature um I mentioned earlier we've just moved. We've just moved to a, a space here in, on the Essex-Suffolk border and we've got a studio, an outbuilding that we're planning to turn into our studio and handcraft all of our product. And we will be open for the general public to come and have a look and also for people to come and experience half-day or full-day workshop. This year in the run-up to Christmas, if people want to make 
a full set of products for themselves and their families um, with the option to then receive like an ongoing loyalty scheme. So that's, again, something that may take up quite a lot of our time. Um, and then That's super exciting. Yeah, and, and hopefully with some of the friends we've made along the way, we'll be doing some collaborations, fingers crossed and weather permitting next year, where people could come and have a, a plant-based retreat here. So whether it's a yoga class in the garden or um, make their own bath salts or go foraging with bamboo, that, that's next on our agenda. <laughs> I would love to go foraging with bamboo. <laughs> well, it's an open invitation anytime. <laughs> I, I, I think that we still need to get our, both our doggies together. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can have a, a, a podcast Let's Talk Shop dog meeting. They they say taking your dog to work is beneficial. See how many local businesses and and independents we can get to bring their dogs to join. Yeah. It is really beneficial. I think a lot of even some bigger offices allow dogs now. I think it's really good for the the spirit in the office. And, you know, if you're having one of those less good days, just being able to go and cuddle with a dog, it just makes you happy. Yeah, yeah. I'd be lost without her. Yeah, I feel the same. And I'm sure you'd be lost with, without Milo. Yeah, no, definitely feel the same. I, yeah, 100%. So, but I think that's all the questions I have. But before um, I let you go, can you tell us a brand that deserves a shout out, a retailer that you think is getting it right and your latest product find that you think is going to be big for this autumn? Brand that deserves a shout out. There's so many good ones to choose from, but ultimately, um, I really, really love As Nature Intended. They are a retailer, um, but they, they're a small retailer who are doing it right and they, they are making wellbeing products accessible to consumers. You mentioned a retailer. There's far too many of my small, my small stockists to mention. I mentioned a, a, a few before, Fire Rain, Form and Tinker Taylor. So, those guys really have seen join through the good and the bad and I can't thank them enough yeah um what was the third question Therese <laughs> <laughs> a product that you think is uh, going to be big for this autumn any product I guess you come across lots of other small business owners and stuff yeah a product I think that's going to be big there's a lovely product that I've started using actually called the organic tea towel company and I think a couple of our online stockists, such as Chalk and Moss, sell them. And they are um, really, really lovely products. And, and they've got lots of stockists themselves. They're, you know, probably a similar size to us. But I just think more and more people are realising that they can buy ethical textiles in the home as well. It's, it's quite easy with some of the giants to be taken in with cheap throwaway cushion, you know. Um, and, and it's nice to see a textile company that's such great quality. I think it's super easy to just buy because it's accessible, but and it's harder to buy with a conscience, I think. Yeah. But it is getting easier, so we're going in the right direction. We are indeed. Another thing, would you tell us where listeners can find you and connect with you? Sure, mainly on Instagram. We, we mainly talk to a lot of our customers and followers and supporters on Instagram. Um, we do have a website, which should be able to see on there um, but as I mentioned that's going through a little bit of a rebrand at the moment and we love a good old-fashioned note so you know drop us a line I can even give you the postal address if you're feeling fruity <laughs> um, so yeah just just any time drop us a line what's your Instagram uh, join handcrafted 
So I will obviously put that on your website in the show notes and all the links to all the stockists and, and brands that you mentioned. And thank you so much for chatting with me today. Oh, thank you for having me, Therese. It's been a real pleasure. And I hope everybody's um, enjoying, enjoyed the uh, sustainability mission. Yep, it, it is a mission, but I think it's going to become more and more in everyday life. And we need that to happen. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great weekend. And, and thanks to all the podcast listeners to, for having us. Thank you so much, Jen, for taking the time to talk shop with me today. And thank you to all of you who are listening. I feel like I learn something new every time I record a episode. And I really hope that you do too. I would love to hear about who you would like to hear more from. What sort of content you would like in the future as I'm just mapping out season two and inviting guests to the podcast. So do drop me an email or DM me with your suggestions. If you are enjoying this podcast, it would be so lovely if you would take a moment to subscribe so you're not missing any of the future episodes and also rate and review the podcast as it really helps others discover it too. And I would love for more and more people to listen each week. I will be back next Monday where I will be speaking to a shop owner and buyer for a small chain of stores. I believe that the passion and love that this buyer has for all things paper goods and unique is really inspiring and I am sure that you will enjoy this episode. So tune in next Monday and I look forward to seeing you then. Thank you.